Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the CarCast. We have reached episode 60, and how fitting, Sean, Owen Newkirk, Sean Shapiro, driving home. I'm really tempted, by the way, to yell, Sean, watch out, and have him then veer into either the median, the divider in the shoulder, or the tanker truck that goes by. Why would you be tempted to do that? I'm I'm tempted to do it, but then that's what's stopping me, is the impending doom of our death and demise. But how fitting, Sean, that episode 60 comes on game number 60 for yes. the Dallas Stars. A huge 5-2 to two win over the St. Louis Blues tonight. And a much needed and timely victory, would you say? Yeah, it, this was a... Uh, and I wrote this in my, post, in my post-game story here tonight. I, I don't like using the word must-win for regular season games, because I think... Because gets, there is... Yeah, until they absolutely... Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I think it gets overused, and I think it also kind of... There's also I also like to always bring up that game one counts as the same amount of points as game 82. However, however, this was a statement type game for Dallas. This was a big this was a big opportunity, a big moment to make a statement. You're playing the team that is the best record in the playing not the best record, sorry, the best streak in the NHL. You've lost three in a row. You've been struggling. The hottest team in the NHL. Yes, exactly. You've been struggling, and you have a chance to and and not only on top of that, and what's really becoming kind of a crawl to of seven or eight teams battling for those two wild card spots, you're starting to get caught. This was a big game as far as, okay. Yeah, the you, pack is yeah, breathing yeah, down yeah. your back. This was a big game to make a statement of, A, okay, we're going to hold on to that cushion, and B, we can go out and win this game in a game where a lot of people probably looked at it and said, okay, we see how St. Louis is playing, we see how Dallas is playing, St. Louis can win this one. Yeah, I think that if you were an outside observer with no skin in the game, probably would be tempted to pick the Blues. However, Sean, this was the 19th home victory of the season for Dallas, 30th overall. Mm-hmm. So nice to hit the 30 mark at 60. Um, cynics would say that means that you've only won half your games. Mm-hmm. But in, in the NHL, it's not how you win, and sometimes it's how you lose that yeah, and affects the, the standings. The NHL is, is, as far as the regular season, the only thing, the regular season, coaches aren't coaches and teams are not judged on wins. They are judged on points. And so, not losing in regulation. Exactly. In, in some cases, that's a big difference. Yes. Colorado has a, an abysmal overtime and shootout record. I, I haven't checked it today, but last week they had, what, they were, uh, I think it was 1-11 or 1-10 in, in overtime and shootout games. Yeah, Basically leaving a massive amount of points uh, on the table. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was one in eleven. I it was believe. a point. Yeah. They were at the point where they they had only secured what three of a possible eighteen points, and if they went five hundred, uh, they were. And I'm, par- I'm paraphrasing these stats because I haven't done it for a week or so. But it was like they could, if they had gone five hundred in overtime of shootouts, they would have had five or six more points, and they would have been in a playoff spot instead of out. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably still the case. They're right there. Yeah, yeah, they're right there. But anyway, we digress. Even the Arizona Coyotes now are one point out of the playoff spot. After they won tonight. I tell you what, don't write those guys off. We, the way we saw them in the last couple of games, you know, two, three weeks ago, they're, they're a banged-up, relentless, hard-working team. If they were at full strength, I don't think they win a Stanley Cup, but they, they're they a tough tough out. Yeah, and I think and they're going to actually get some guys back, and depending on how quickly and when those guys get back, that's, that's a team that could, be, that could definitely be in this race. Now, this is not a podcast about the Arizona Coyotes. The, uh, no, it's not. <laughs> it's not really a podcast Although there's about anything. A, there's a, they do have a, a rather notable former Dallas Stars contingent. They do. 
Battlestars Farther West, who, of course, seemingly, especially cannot, loves to play against Dallas. Scores a lot of goals against Dallas per capita. All right, well, let's get to the recap of tonight's game, yeah. because we could talk about uh, Kevin Connaughton and the Arizona Coyotes more than we probably should on the CarCast tonight. Mm-hmm. No goals in the first period, but if it wasn't for Anton Hudobin early, particularly, yes. it could have been 3 nothing before the Stars had their first quality chance. Yeah, definitely a multi-goal lead. I don't know about three, but well, I... Well, yeah. Maroon, maybe not the Fabry shot, but it was a good one. And then Tarasenko on a two-on-one. Yeah. So at least a couple goals. Again, he was big. The Stars, again, get out to their usual not-great first-period start. Mm-hmm. And their goaltending, as has happened all year long, kept them from being in a disastrous mode. And you could argue, Sean, and I think it wouldn't be a, a bad thing to do, that if St. Louis were to get the lead, which they hadn't trailed in a game in two and a half weeks, they would have been a really hard team to overcome. Yeah. With a lot of confidence. Yeah. And playing on a night where... For them, you're looking at a spot where things maybe aren't going your way off the bat. Uh, no Shen tonight. They're missing. They're missing Shen, and you're missing a guy. And so maybe you get that goal, and the conference is like, "Look, we don't need a guy." It's just one of those things where it 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 can certainly snowball. So you go to the second period. It's scoreless, or excuse me, semantically, it's goalless. There is a score at zero zero. Um, I believe I first saw that from Tom Galiti. Tom Galetti. Is that how it's pronounced? It's actually Galetti, actually. Galetti? Yeah. Uh, covers the, the Devils? Used to. And, but but still in that area. No, he's oh, in Capitals. Washington. He's right. in Washington. Capital. Yeah. Used to be the Devils beat writer in Washington for NHL.com? Used to, be the star. used to be the Star Ledger. Now he's in Washington for the Devils. Now he's in Washington in the NHL.com. That's he's right. Like regional writer. Um, good writer. You know him. Good writer. I've had beers with him. Yeah. Well, with... That's again nothing new for your circuit this year. Oh yeah. As you take the uh, <laughs> the Scott, Scott Burnside cele- celebratorial uh, victory lap, so to speak. The Burnside bars are a place that uh, once you go there, you can really. Man, does that guy have a, a special Rolodex? Yeah, the, uh, the Burnside Rolodex of bars. It's quite a list. You have it to is. be uh, ready for it. So Jamie Ben gets things going in the second period. Very strong game from the captains tonight. The kind of game that. Selfishly, you want to see him play every night of the year because then it puts him in the top five in scoring in the league and uh, in the MVP race. If he plays like that, every he, gets, he plays like that every night. That's yes. what I mean. Yes. If he played every now, it may be hard to sustain that level every single night because he really played at a at a inspired. Uh, but it was, but it was a level that he sustained every single night during the 2015-16 season. Yeah, when they won yeah, the like, regular yeah. season and. Anyway, he scores on a really nice setup pass for Miro Haskinen, and it's one nothing. It was the 20th goal of the year. I, 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 I rewatched. I rewatched the highlight of that pass like 150 times. Like that uh, many? Maybe. Like gifs can just keep replaying. So I guess. It's... <laughs> oh, we don't want to start this. We don't want to start this. We uh, full disclosure. Sean and I have argued about the pronunciation of gif, or as he always calls it, gif. Gif. For a long time, and we're not going to rehash that we're argument. Not gonna re- we're not going to rehash the argument. However, no, that's you're starting to do it. No, you're <laughs> not going to say I'm, I'm not going to do it, and then I'm the going to the highlight. No, that okay, pass. All right, that on. pass. I rewatched that highlight <laughs> many, many times. That was that's a ridiculous pass. 
that to, to a to be able to see that spot. What did Jamie say to you after the game when he asked about that? He said it's like when you're on the ice with the mirror, I guess you're always open. It's basically always along the lines. I'm paraphrasing slightly, but that's right. essentially what he said. Nineteen year old, it just yeah. continues to blow you away, doesn't it? Yeah, it's I, it's the thing. Where it, it's true. We keep saying we oh we keep finding hard finding it difficult to find things to say about Miro. And what else can you say? He just keeps doing things like that at his age. It's ridiculous. Five minutes later, Roddy Fox scores his 10th of the year as he knocks in a rebound from an Essa Lindell shot from the blue line. Lindell had another great game tonight. I thought he was really good, yeah. All from Fox, Sean, is one of those where you, you could see if he has – he's in the right position. If he could get a little bit of luck here and there, he could have 15 goals instead of 10 right now. Could – can yeah. Foxa be a, a legit number two center, second line center, or is he still better in your three spot in your mind? I think on a team that contends for a cup, he's a third line center. Yeah, I agree with that. But right now he seems to be filling a role with Ben and, and Como. Como coming back in the lineup really seemed to balance out the lines, doesn't it? Yeah, I think it's obviously it's it's a group where it's kind of fascinating when we talk about okay the stars. Need wow, to, wow, that was quite one, the, uh, two, three, four lane change cut off by a tractor trailer. Yeah, that is very aggressive even at past midnight here. That's uh, I'm I'm glad that you gave the dairy truck a little. Yeah, that this was this is the, not a dairy a small dairy delivery truck. It is the full semi truck with the dairy logos four, on the side. Cut over he, better four be, he, better be, he better be getting on this. He's not even getting on. I don't he even know. No, he missed I, that. Like, what's he doing? Out of my way. Oh, out of my, my way. My vehicle weighs more than yours. Out of my way. I'm in the left lane. Like, I don't. Hey, at least you were nowhere near that. We had yes. we had plenty of clearance there. Maybe he's getting the express lane. Maybe. maybe. Let's see. All right, so Fox scores. He did not get on the express lane. I don't think the uh, trucks usually do that, do they? Is he? Well, maybe he is. Oh, no, he's getting the express lane. This is a great play-by-play, by the way. <laughs> Dynamite drop it. Okay, so then Radulov scores, uh, what was it, uh, minute and five, 65 seconds later, and this was a pretty goal. Shot through the legs of Edmondson, Edmondson and up quickly over the shoulder, about buzzing the ear of Jordan Bennington. And two things tonight, John. One, Radulov really needed this goal because he's only had two in his last, about what, month and a half? Yep. And Jordan Bennington was not bad tonight, but his nine-game winning streak—he just to me he wasn't a huge factor in this game. No, he wasn't the same Jordan Bennington that's been the uh, the Stars did. The, I'm this magical storyline. My, story my thought is, is the Stars didn't allow Bennington to play to steal the game the way Mrazek did in Carolina. That's a fair way you to think? put it. Yeah, no, that's a fair way to put it. The Radulov shot, to me, it's one of those plays that got more impressive when you rewatched it. Because oh, a slow-mo? Yeah, yeah, when you first watched it, I was like, wait, how it went in, I'm like, did it hit something? And, but then, just, that was the release from every, so many elements of that play were just, I, that was were really nice goal. Were you impressed with how quickly it elevated, too? How quickly it elevated, and even if you, like, look at his hand position on the, on the stick, it's not even like it's in a spot where he looks like he's in full bear shooting mode. Until the very last second. It almost looked like he finessed it like he was trying to flip a puck into the the bucket that they collect pucks after yeah. warm-ups. Yeah. Not, not try to put it up under the bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, so 3-0. But the Blues have a lot of confidence right now. Yep. And they're not just going to pack up and, and head home. Ryan O'Reilly was their best player by far in this hockey game. 
and he makes an incredible play to give Tarasenko his 27th goal. And it's hard to think, Sean, back not that long ago this season where people were saying about how bad Tarasenko was. He wasn't going to the hard areas. He wasn't scoring. Well, he's doing both right now, And but O'Reilly was the one that made that play. Tarasenko has had a very similar season to Tyler Sagan, if you think about it. He really has. Just, yeah. just as far as narratives go, and just the only thing missing is Tarasenko, CEO, just didn't go on a didn't call me Public into his rant. office. Yeah, just didn't call me into his office. So not you, yes, but he yes, may yeah, have yeah, called yes, Tarasenko yes, into the exactly, office. Exactly. Yes. He didn't hear about yes. It. Uh, so. But no, O'Reilly steals the puck from Polak, spins, centers it. Mm-hmm. Tarasenko redirects it in. I mean, it's a great goal, but it's a really O'Reilly later would later score right at the end of the period and I just thought he was fantastic yeah, tonight. He had a really strong night. Uh, Jamie Ben then tips win the Essel and Dell shot for the point. Mm-hmm. Nice deflection down and in. Two goals for the captain. It was a big night for him. Yeah, he was no it was Oh we didn't talk about the uh, the power play fight Brett Ritchie and Yeah uh, the rare the rare, the, f- the rare fight on the power play. So John Klingberg basically entering the zone gets tries to split a couple guys and gets leveled by Pareko. And then you have Brett Ritchie squares off with Pareko. And what do you think about that hit before the, you talk about the fight? Uh, because it wasn't just Pareko. There was another, I can't remember who it was. There was another St. Louis player def- trying to defend against Klingberg, and he basically got uh, tag-teamed. Yeah, I mean, Klingberg kind of skated into it, too. I, I, don't, I mean, it's one of those where I don't know what else Pareko's supposed to do. It was a clean hit. Was it clean? It looked like he went a little low. Bruce thought he went a little high. I'd have to look at it again. I, Klingberg went down and landed awkwardly on his back. I didn't. I didn't have a problem with the hit. Like I, I think it was something that Klingberg even skated into it more. Um, As he was trying to gain entry on the power play. Yeah. So I didn't have a problem with the hit. What did you, um, you think about Richie? His I, response. I thought it was. I did. I thought the response was good. I thought the timing could have waited. What? Address it later. Yeah, I, just, I thought it was, it's 3 nothing. you're on the power play, and you have... It is rare to see a yeah. fight on a power play. It's 3 nothing. you're on the power play, and you, you can take a number, and you can... The one thing I liked about it, though, was if you think about the whole scheme of things, and this is something that I, I think is... By having Brett Ritchie do that right away, it took out the possibility of Jamie Benn deciding he had to go after Pareko later in the game. That may be the best part about that. Yes. I, I, the other team first. Look, yes, Richie yes. had a great game tonight. He didn't score. He did have uh, a couple of good looks. He had one where I actually gave him a quality chance, even though it was on a net, because he had it blocked. But it was from really close range, and I thought it would have given Bennington a tough time. But yeah. I just thought that he was good. Um you're not the only one who thought that. I talked to. I was uh, pleased with. I was really pleased with his game tonight. I talked to uh, talked to a couple scouts during the second intermission tonight. Who, a couple of them pointed out that this may have been the best game they've seen Richie play for, for those individuals in person. Yeah. They've seen Richie play in different sample sizes. We've seen him do yeah. a game like have a game like this before, but mm-hmm. not consistently. Yeah. And boy, you know, there's two thoughts here, Sean. One is he plays like that. He's raising his his stock. Uh, as far as we approach the trade deadline, it's also raising stock to, for the Stars to want him to be in the lineup, yep. which is probably the most ideal scenario, isn't it? Um, for, for Brett Ritchie, it is. Well, and even yeah. the Stars. If he plays like this all the time, he will make an impact for the, your lineup. 
Uh, Ryan O'Reilly scores his 24th goal of the year in the final 23 seconds, 22.9 left on the clock, to make it 4-2. to two. And just another incredible play where I don't think the Stars defended it very well, but he had a rebound chance in front that Hudobin made the save. It kicks around again, goes back to the point. There's a shot by Bortuzzo, I think it was. Or no, sorry, it's Bo Meester. And O'Reilly's there, wins the net front battle and scores. Uh, he's, just, he's a heck of a player. And you know what? The Stars won the net front battle a lot tonight. They didn't on that one. But sometimes you have to applaud the other players pretty good, too. Yeah, and the Ryan O'Reilly trade is one that I talked to actually a couple of my colleagues at The Athletic about. Before the season, we talked about, a bunch of us had talked about, the Ryan O'Reilly trade is going to be one of the bigger trades in the Central Division and really make St. Louis one of the teams to be. And for the longest time, it looked like that wasn't the case yeah. because of how bad St. Louis was. And that, everything was yeah, wrong. Everything it was wrong. Working. And then St. Louis has gone on this stretch, and O'Reilly's been playing great, and he's looked like the player that you really thought they were getting when they traded for him from Buffalo. Yeah, I, I like him a lot. I'm surprised that it didn't work out for him in Buffalo unless it was just simply the fact that you know, he went from Colorado, mm-hmm. and he went to, and he was frustrated, and he went to a team that was rebuilding. Yeah. Have some great pieces, but it wasn't clicking yet. Now, would they be a better team if they had him on it this year? Absolutely. But they've, you know, Buffalo's really tailed off to be one of the worst teams since they were one of the best teams in the league this year. Yeah. Quick Ryan O'Reilly thought for you, just okay. because it works. And then lightning round. Yes. Is he in the Selkie conversation? I think he has to be. Yes. Watching his 200-foot game tonight, mm-hmm. watching what he's done on this winning streak, where how about that play in overtime against the Maple Leafs? Yeah. Stick, stick in position, intercepts a play, goes all the way down to two-on-one, and his only thing is shoot, scores, and you go, mm-hmm. I mean, how can you not? And you th- in 24 goals, great defense, in the top 10 and plus-minus in the league. For all those people that don't poo-poo that stat still. <laughs> yeah, I do. Uh, Tyler Sagan scores an empty net goal at the end, but before that, Hudobin made a couple of huge saves. The two on Petrangelo shorthanded. Petrangelo bats. The pass comes to him, and he doesn't handle it real well. Puck, puck, pops up in the air. So he literally swats it out of the air on goal, mm-hmm. on a Stars third-period power play, when it was 4-2. to two. Hudobin makes a save. The rebound kicks back to Petrangelo, but it forces him a little bit wider angle. And he fires another shot that Hudobin makes a save. Those were big. And then what about Schwartz? Uh, right, I think it was at the empty net extra attacker. He all of a sudden pops open below the dot on the left side. And he makes another point blank stop. I mean, just, yeah. All of a sudden, Sean, like for a while, I did the three stars tonight, and I, I had Jamie Benn in the conversation. Foxo had two points, and I thought he was good. I was thinking about Richie. Lindell had two primary assists, and it was fabulous. O'Reilly had to be in there. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, I look up, and I go, he's going to have 40 saves. He ended up with 43 tonight. Yeah, it was an interesting night because it's not like he, he faced 47, sorry, 46, the last one, 47 shots allowed total at the empty net against Nashville. But mm-hmm. so. They let up 47 shots against Nashville, and it was 47 shots where um, it felt like it was high danger the entire game. There was high danger. In, in what did I say to you the other night? He, he had at least 10, like, really oh, yeah. high-class yeah, top-door saves. Yeah, and he, had, and he, he didn't have 10 of those tonight, but he had four or five. He was really good. Yeah. He was really good. He just was excellent. Um, so Sagan gets – and you know what? Sagan had – and by my count, he ended up with six quality scoring chances – even though it's an empty netter, 
he was rewarded for a great game, mm-hmm. and he had he had an assist. He has 25 points now in his last 22 games, I think it is. Just remar- 15 goals during that span. Yeah. You talk about Tarasenko tearing it up. Sagan, uh, really good tonight. All right, so that's the recap. Stars win, 19th home win, 30th overall. Should we go to the lightning round? Let's do it. All right. Queuing up Twitter here. Let's look at – we had some earlier that I probably missed. Uh, <laughs> Big Sad Boy says, any chance Sean can become my father? No. Is there a joke I'm missing here? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. Jason's, Jason writes in, scale of 1 to 10, 10 being most likely, Jim Nil mortgages the future for either Panarin, Duchesne, or Stone. I don't think adding anyone other than those three can give this team the scoring boost to do anything serious in the playoffs. Remember, 10 is most likely, 1 is least likely that he mortgages the future for Panarin, Duchesne, or Stone. We're talking about those three. Um, I put it at 5? For all three? No. Okay, well, just go through your your stream of consciousness here. Okay, it's 5 for Panarin. It's... One is least likely. I think for, I think just from what I've heard and hearing and, and talking to people that I know and the know on things, Panarin is the one that the stars have shown more interest in than any of the other other two. So I would put that at five, and I would put Stone and Duchesne at maybe a two or a three. I think the stars would be. In, here's my take on it, Sean, yeah. and I've told this to you, yeah. but I'll tell it to our yeah. our, our faithful listeners. Mm-hmm. I don't think it makes sense for the Stars to go after Artemi Panarin and bet the farm for a player that seems very likely to, he said in the media, he wants to be test a free agent market just because he will be, it's, a, it's an opportunity he's earned. It is. And here's my thing. Now, the Stars may still try to do this. They've been rumored as a dark horse candidate for this. I don't even think it's a dark horse candidate if they get If they get Artemi Panarin, I will be thrilled. But... My concern is you spend all those for a guy for a couple of months when you might need two pieces, not one up front, to be a serious Stanley Cup contender. And you might not be able to re-sign him to an extension. I would give up what what they want for him if you could get him with an extension. I don't think that's going to be the option. I might be wrong, but that's just my feeling on it. Mm -hmm. Mark Stone, I think, has a better shot at an extension. He also has a better shot at re-signing with... Ottawa, whereas I don't think Columbus has much of a chance. Uh, I, I don't. Well, yeah, but I don't think based off what's happened in, based off what happened today, Stone is not resigning. You think there. because of the fact that they didn't play him that that's a, and, a clear it signal? It basically kind of came out that he's not going to sign okay. there. So well, if that's the case, then then you're probably. I mean, again, Stone's this issue with Stone and Stone is of those players. Stone would be the one I would want the most. Yes. Just as far as long term, the issue with Stone is just I think he's. And Panarin probably in a similar boat. I think they're both they're they're going to be looking at ten million dollar contracts per season. And do you want to be paying three players that kind of money yeah. for that long? Well, it would be fun to get them for sure. Yeah. Uh, Stefan writes in, and this is a great question: Is Roman Polak all right? Can't miss him for too much. Not feeling very comfortable if Carrick or Honka have to play. Have heard haven't heard anything other than his arm was hurt. Right. So Bruce and I moved down for the final five minutes to get ready for our post game show, so we were closer. And we actually, instead of sitting in the middle camera well area, because there were some other folks there that was harder to see, we moved down to the corner right near the Stars' goal. And with the empty net, 
I think it was Petrangelo, but I might be wrong. But there was a shot from the point that was just a cannon. And yeah. Polak was battling with a player in front. And he had his back turned a little bit. And as he was spinning in that, uh, puck drilled him in the right arm, right yeah. in the forearm or wrist area. Mm-hmm. And it looked extremely painful. And he played for another, what, 30 seconds with basically one arm. Yeah. What, did, you, did you find anything out in the postgame show? Because uh, I didn't hear anything from Monty, Monty's conversation. We didn't, because he was still in the locker room when we walked in. He was right. fine. He said it was, it was actually fine. I think it was, it might have been Blake Como. Um, so you're saying this man is the ultimate warrior and you shouldn't no, worry about it, this at all? Yeah, yeah, but I think it was Blake Como who was joking to Rome, who's saying to Roman that they don't make him like you anymore. Ah, like, I mean, uh, that, honestly, Sean, and I don't want to, to jinx anything, but when he got hit, I went, uh oh. He might not be able to play yeah. for the next few games or more. Yeah. Yeah. It looked bad because he, he took that. I mean, the way it looks right so, now, the way it, it was looks, such a hard shot. The way it looks right now to me is I don't think there's any concern about him not playing the next game. But I guess we'll, of course, we'll find out more at practice yeah, tomorrow. I think so. I, well, I might not see Roman Pollock tomorrow in practice. Yeah, but we can still ask Monty. We can still ask yeah, about it, right? Um, Ryan writes in: As bad as the Western Conference has been, what's the ideal points that gets you in the playoffs? Oh boy, I haven't really been thinking about the target. I've been more thinking about the the gaps and the teams that you're around. Just trying yeah. to, it's like I don't have to outrun the bear. I just have to outrun the the slowest person exactly. that's trying to outrun the bear. Exactly. Um, I don't know. I, that's something I can't do the math with while I'm driving. <laughs> okay. Yes. Neither I. So we're gonna have to defer. Sorry, Ryan. We'll do it another time. Yeah. Uh, Travis writes in: Since it's trade deadline season, what are some of the best deadline deals ever in your opinion, or at the very least, the best rumor? You've heard that made you laugh. Well, those are so many different things. But hi, Travis. Thank you. Uh, we used to play hockey with Travis down in Cedar yeah. Park. Um, I think one of the most lopsided deals of all time has to be Philip Forsberg for Martin Erat. The Capitals traded a highly touted prospect playing at the time in the AHL, mm-hmm. right, to Nashville for what they thought was the piece that would put them over the top in the playoffs, Martin Erat. Yep. Good player. Mm-hmm. Just did, didn't work at all. And Forsberg has become one of the more dynamic offensive guys in the league. And I don't. I think that's one of the ones that hasn't worked. I would have to say one of the best that I can think of off the top of my head, John, is maybe the Joe Newendike and uh, Jerome McGinley trade. Not really a deadline deal. No, but, yeah. but just a great trade where, uh, you know, in the years that follows is a big reason why they ended up winning the Stanley Cup. But I don't know about deadline for recent, like the last couple decades. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, there's... The funniest one, by the way, and then I'll let you, is okay. just that last couple of games people have asked if John Klingberg should be traded. Oh, that is and that's hilarious. funny, isn't yeah, it? It is pretty funny. Especially because he had a tough night against Nashville and defensively. And I had somebody, the other thing, too, that I think is it's somebody told me that the Stars were going to get, they were rather confident in the way they said it. Um, someone told me on Twitter that the Stars were going to get Panarin um, because they were going for uh, Chushkin, Hanka, Robertson in a second round pick that becomes a first if Panarin resigns. <laughs> and that was the I was very laughable. There are so many things wrong with that. Yes. But do we want to tell them all? Simply you're not going to get a conditional pick as part of it from from uh, or for the Columbus will not accept that. No, no, no. They no. they know he's 
willing to test free agency and it's you know there's you cannot guarantee they, they don't want that they what are you going to give me right now yeah it's plain and simple it's yes. not about well this guy has no idea about where he might want to go he yeah. may have a destination already in mind for free yeah. agency um the other part of it is you can't just pick the ones that you're happy to leave off your roster you have to think about the ones you don't want to because those are probably the players that the other team wants yeah and that's why someone who's really come up quite a bit that people have talked a lot about the deadline and not Panera in general, but, but just as far as stars goes, the stars have gotten a lot of calls on Matias Yanmark mm-hmm. just because and it wasn't even one of those things. What about Rope Hens now? Well, the reason the stars have gotten calls about Yanmark, let me just, yeah, because the stars were not shopping Yanmark, but the stars were talking to other teams and about a couple of other things. And the stars at one point offered Yanmark and because they offered Yanmark, which is basically meaning you're making it known that you would be willing to consider yes. a trade with him. And because and because the Stars offered Yanmark in a trade, other teams then said, "Oh, well, that means Yanmark's available." And right. then so then the Stars have then gotten calls from people saying, "Oh, we want Yanmark." That's how that has kind of established. And Elliot Friedman has, was talking about it today. Uh, if you don't know who Elliot Friedman is, he works for Sportsnet up in Canada. Mm-hmm. He is one of the best. Uh, insiders as far as the NHL, as far as a national, he's in Canada, so you could say international, but covering the entire league, not a one specific team, yeah. although based in Toronto, you get a lot of Leafs from everybody. But he said that uh, Yanmark has been uh, asked around a bit. Uh, there's been calls on Brett Ritchie. Yes, um, I do you, know you know about that yes. as well mm-hmm. um, at, with, for a few teams. And, uh, yeah, so we'll see. How that plays out. This is an interesting question, Sean, and a bit one that we haven't thought about. Because I think this is wrong, or the answer is no. But Oleg writes in, there is a legitimate argument to be made that the Stars should do nothing at the deadline. Can you explore it? He's right. There is a legitimate argument, but I think it's it's one that ultimately won't come to fruition. But tell me what you think about that. I don't think the Stars should do nothing at the deadline. I think... I agree. I think there's two... Even if... So even if the Stars don't land one of those so-called big fish, even if they don't land the – let's assume they don't land the Panarin or the Stone or the Duchesne or whatever. Let's assume they're not going to. I think there is a ton of value that gets brought in, and maybe I'm wrong in thinking this, but I think there's a ton of value in investing in the group that you have. I think that sends a huge message to the group that you have that we're willing to go out and improve and add to this group. We it's want, a vote of confidence. It's, yeah, it's a vote of confidence, and it's also it, – it also – I think bringing a guy in like Cogliano has done that. Like we've seen, and I'm not going. Yep. I think, I think the Cogliano train has done has been a very good trade for Dallas. Yes. I think he's been a huge piece, not a huge piece, but he's been a really big piece of what they've done lately when they've been winning. Um, and Jamie Ben told me this morning because I was asking him about the trade deadline and how, as the captain, he deals with uh, some of the younger players who are going to get nervous mm-hmm. as they get closer and closer to the deadline day on Monday. And he said, well, I've never been traded, so I don't know how it feels, but it's not a fun day. Uh, the lead-up is tough. He says, I'm not really sure what to say to these guys because it's really hard. He, he And he referenced the Devin Shore-Cogliano trade. He said, you know, Shorzy was a guy that was a great team guy, and we didn't want to lose him. Mm-hmm. But we did, and it was it was hard because – we would we would rather him be here than not be here right now. Yeah. Right? So that it just shows you there's a lot of factors. It's not just on ice performance. But I, I think this team, whether whether you think they can win the cup or not, or whatever, because that's obviously everyone's end goal is to win the Stanley Cup. But that's right. But I think not just to make it to the yeah, first yeah, or second. But round. I think either way, the stars 
should make a move, and I also think they have a GM that has to make a move. That's the bigger point, don't yes, you think? Yeah, yeah, they have a GM who has to make a move because if if this team doesn't make the playoffs or if they do make the playoffs and get swept in the first round, yep. he doesn't have a job. Like it's That's really what the writing on and the wall is. There's a lot of factors that have gone into the last couple of years that it's not just on Jim Nill, mm-hmm. but you're right. I believe that while he insists that he doesn't think about this and feels that he's under pressure every day to make the team better – I feel like this is not just for the on-ice results and product, but also for the business side, the ticket sales, Mm -hmm. the season ticket base. They need this in addition to not just, you know, hey, we've done some things and put together this team. Yeah. I think they need that next step, too. And there's enough of guys available out here that it might be more than you want to spend, but it's probably worth it for more than just the honest reason. The other thing too that I think we just undervalue so much. I think we just undervalue it, and it goes back to what we a little bit talked about with Columbus and Panarin. Playing a playoff series has value. Like, oh, yeah. you know, like even if even if even if you lose in the first round, actually playing the playoffs, having that experience, getting Miro Heiskanen his playoff experience at 19, getting Ropey right. Hinton into a playoff series, getting. Getting Dennis Gurionov, who I think will be on this NHL roster on Monday, I, having them play in the playoffs, I think that we undervalue how valuable that can be. Like, I think that's huge. Two more questions for you because they sent them earlier, but I went back and found them. Okay. By the way, you're lucky and you're welcome. No, okay. Uh, George <laughs> writes in, in case you are doing the CarCast tonight, which we are, mm-hmm. can you make a case for Polak being the best signing this season? From my view, he's been outstanding. Uh, well, you can... Well, the problem but is I there's won't. an easy answer. The easy answer is Hudobin. Anton Hudobin is the best signing for the Stars yeah. this year. You can make the case that Roman Polak is the best signing, but it wouldn't be correct. But George also said that he's been outstanding. He has. Mm-hmm. He's been a great signing and way better than expectations, but Anton Hudobin has been the Stars' best signing this year, yeah. hands down. And Roman Polak has been played very, very well in the role he's been thrust into. He's a guy who's playing above probably what he should be playing. I think there's... Um, another another underrated another under thing that I think the stars are definitely looking at right now, and I don't really know how it could play out, but another thing the stars are looking at as they figure out this deadline is maybe adding another defenseman because as good as Roman Polak is, is you probably want him more in a third pairing role, just right, um, and he should probably be more of that role. But for what he's been asked to do, he's been thrust into. He's he's definitely outperformed. I actually. I, I saw. I heard something today, and I saw it. I was actually surprised about it. Where apparently the Maple Leafs were actually earlier this season were kicking around the idea of trading back for Roman Pollock. You know what? The Thirty One Thoughts podcast talked about it yeah. today too. They they brought that up. Yeah. That that maybe that was. And they go. It's gonna cost you. Yeah. I don't think Serge would. would no, no, I don't, that. I don't think he would have considered it. But yeah, it's but just, that's interesting that they. It, 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 it's interesting. There were a lot of Maple Leafs fans, Sean, over the last couple of years that bagged on Pollock's mm-hmm. play. Ah, he's too slow, he's not good enough, ugh, he's he's hurting our team. And the thought that they might want him back is, it shows that there's some, uh, may, he was maybe underappreciated when he was with Toronto. Yeah, no, I think he brings value. And it's oh, just, no he, doubt. He brings value, and he's been he's definitely been outstanding in his role. It's just, it's one of those things where I I think the Stars are a very, are, the Stars are a good team. They're a very good team if a player like Roman Polak is in your third pairing. And just, would quick side note on that. Yeah. If you did bring in a defenseman, and you brought up a couple of names earlier today, Nick Jensen from the, the yeah, well, let's use Nick Jensen. The Detroit Red Wings is one of them. There aren't many that I'd go ooh, 
uh, that are yeah, the no, like, pending UFAs. Yeah. Adam McQuaid is one of those that might be interesting. I don't, I don't know. A physical side would be great, but I don't know if that's what you're looking for. But anyway, would you – I mean, first of all, Taylor Fadoon has been very good. I don't think he deserves to lose his spot right now. Mm-hmm. But would you – if you brought in a guy to play in the second pairing with Haskinen, do you go Alexiak and, and Polak as your third pair? Or do you go Polak and Fadoon? I would I would play Polak Fadoon. I don't know which they played together. They have played together. I I, I would bit. I would play Polak and Fadoon. I know it's two righties. Um, that's what I would do. Now we don't, we don't know if that's even a yeah, possibility. Yeah, we don't even know. But that's um, Jordan wrote in. <laughs> Was this a must win? <laughs> no. And then he said, "Hold on." He said, "Which move do you want Jim Nil to make, and what move do you think will happen to the deadline?" That's sort of standard question because a lot of that. But, um, all right. So forget the must-win because I just thought yeah, you'd find yeah, that yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah. What move do you want him to make, and what move do you think he'll make? And then we need to wrap it up because P1 Stars fan wants to know what he or she should do with their Val jersey. <laughs> I um I knew I'd get a laugh out of that. So, real quick, what move in an ideal world, if you're looking at okay, what can I do to build and get maybe three pieces? And I don't know exa- and just do something with Detroit, get Nyquist and uh and Jensen. Can you get both of them in one one fell swoop? In one trade maybe, you you put together It'd be a heck of a package. Yeah. You put together something like that, and then you maybe, and then you somehow pry Zingle out of Ottawa. That would be interesting. I would, uh, I would love to see somehow getting Eric Stahl out of Minnesota. Now the Wild won tonight. They broke their shutout streak, so they've actually scored a goal. They scored four tonight. Yeah. At New York, beat the Rangers, but I would love to see Eric Stahl as their second line center right now. Yeah. I don't know how much it's going to cost or if it would be done, but they did trade Charlie Coyle to Boston mm-hmm. yesterday. Right? It was yesterday, wasn't it? Was it? it was. Yeah, it was yesterday. Yeah, today was the Carl Hagelin to Washington trade. Mm-hmm. Trade that um, it kind of percolated for 24 hours. Had to wait for waivers. One last question, Sean. If well, you the Val question, what do you do? With oh, the, the Val. Question. What do you do with his jersey? Um, still wear it for now, right? Knitting project. I was gonna say, is it how much is it to remove the number? And mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyway, um, one last thought here. If you did, I think my, all along we've both kind of said that the Stars might settle, sort out their second line center issue in the summer, in the off season, more likely than at the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. If they were able to go out and get a guy like Eric Stahl, okay, you have Tyler Sagan, Eric Stahl as your top two centers. I like that. Mm-hmm. If you presume that you either have to give one of them up in part of that trade or however. You have Dickinson, Fox. I think Hintz is a winger right now. Yeah. Can't play center, but I like what he's doing in the top Mm -hmm. with uh, Sagan and Radulov. Mm -hmm. You have Dickinson, Fox, and Lesperance for two spots. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, if you had them all, you could easily send Lesperance down and, you know, bring him up later if you needed it. Yeah. The point is, is that if you were willing to give one of those up, and let's say it's not Lesperance, Dickinson or Fox, so... And then you had the other two as your third and fourth line centers. Yeah. I, I, I like how that looks. Sagan, Stahl, Foxa, Dickinson, Lesbrough. That's a great lineup. Who are you most willing to give up? And then we got to go because it's late and we have things to do tomorrow. 
most willing to give up. Um, it's interesting because I think there's two ways to look at it. If you're looking, if we take contracts out of play completely, okay. like if you just look at the player, I think Fox is the better player. Um, right now or, or ceiling? I th- it's close. Like I think, I think Fox, they're different players. They're, they're different not players. the same. They can fill they're a similar yet. role. But yeah, they're, they're not, not the same. same. Um, Ideally, you keep them both. I mean, that was the other thing, yeah, John, yeah. is that um, one of the things uh, there wasn't a lot said about Dallas because uh, Elliot Friedman and, and Jeff Merrick went through every team in the NHL yesterday and put it out today. It was fascinating. That was the Dickinson was another guy that they were getting calls on. Mm-hmm. He reported. They were getting calls on Dickinson last year. I know, and I know, I know the Stars making calls on Dickinson for two years now. He said something about the Stars don't seem interested in parting with Dickinson. No, and that was one. That was one of the things last year. The Stars got calls on Dickinson last year. And I know that for a that fact. you've, been, you've reported yeah. and that. I know before. that for a fact, and they were not interested in parting with him. Um, Fox is a guy who I think, in the Stars' point of view, is slightly available because of Dickinson. Mm-hmm. That's how I think. I have to be careful on that. I think you're absolutely right. No, I'm not. I'm, and I'm not but saying no, that's no, no, my opinion. I'm, no, no, I'm not it. saying you have to be careful specifically. I said we as a group, you think about that. Don't we? I, I think we have to be cautious to say, well, Dickinson's healthy and playing well. We mm-hmm. can give up. This team's better when they're both in the lineup. Correct. Correct. If you had to give one up, though, you do have another can still play that third line center role mm-hmm. effectively. Yes. Um, I like where Joel Lesperance is going. But you don't know yet where really what he is. Yeah, he's three games into his initial yeah. career. It's, I do think something. He had a great pass to uh, Cogliano. Yeah, he did. He did in the first uh, first period? period. First period drew the penalty. Um, first power play yeah. for the start. I mean, I just thought it was a really nice little. I do pass. think will we'll be interesting. Just something just to keep an eye on that. I think now, obviously, if certain moves happen, things could change. But I do think, and I kind of mentioned this before, and I was. I get the feeling that Monday, when the roster expands, because after the NHL trade deadline, you can carry more than 23 guys on your roster, as long as you stand in the salary cap. Yeah. And so I, I get the feeling that on Monday, once the roster expands, and the Stars have a lot of space with LTIR, I have a feeling Dennis Gurionov can be back up. You think? I think. I get that feeling right now. Now, it's going to be interesting to see. I don't know where he's going to go, and I'm not saying... I'm. This is just me kind of reading, getting a feel from things. I think... I'm curious as to where he fits right now. Mm-hmm. I look long term. Yes, I yeah. think he's getting closer. But here's the thing: why not? If you don't need him in your lineup, like mm-hmm. let's say the Stars have the 12 that they want to play, mm-hmm. why not just leave him playing games in the AHL with the well, no, I, he, he, use him? He's for. only coming up if he's going to play. We can, we can right. really know that. You actually think the Stars are going to end up making enough room that they'll need to call him up for to play in the lineup? I think either that's going to happen or they're going to look at a combination of it's time. I think they really like what he can bring. And I think right now they want both him and Les Bronze up, but they don't have the space to do it. I do think, I do think this team is something that I think something they should have done. Okay. Let me ask you this. Obviously there's, they're going to try to add a score yes. at least one, but as you looked at tonight's lineup, mm-hmm. who would you take out to put Gurionov in the current lineup tonight? Perfect. Really? Yes. Even after that game? Yes. Because like, Rich, Richie was fabulous tonight. He was good, but I, I think... He would still put Gurionov in over I, I I think Gurionov brings more on a regular basis. Even though he's really struggled lately to put... Look, he has the tools. You can see the talents there, the speed, the size. Uh, 
it hasn't translated to offense yet, to goals. He's had scoring chances. I think. I think. You think that's. You think like hints that uh, that he'll eventually figure that out. In I, I think. I think Richie is good as a thirteen that comes in when Blake Como's back is hurt. Interesting. Okay. All right. I just think that with the way Richie played tonight, like I would not take him out for the next game. You're thinking longer term than just. I'm thinking next longer game. term and what wins me a playoff series. Yeah. Well, I I think both. I think the players are very different. They are. They are. But I think it's. Would there be a situation where Les Bronze comes out? And you have Gurionov and Richie and Cogliano. Or, well, not that, but you know, some amalgamation for their your. That. The good thing is, is that you're are we. Like, I'm not you, Sean. Yes. But we are talking about uh, fine tuning your third or fourth line. Not what the real issue is is you have to build this, rebuild the second line. Yes. I just I like Ben Fox and Como were are good are good line. Here's here's here's, but that's... here's my thing. If they're your shutdown line and they're also the second line, that's a tough combination. Here's an interesting thought. Just an idea. Can Jamie Ben carry the line? Here's an interesting thought in an ideal world. It's it's something where you find a second line at the deadline. Say you go get Nyquist and you get Zingle. Just pick two red. Or Zuccarello. Or Zuccarello. Zuccarello just, yeah, seems pick to be any, one. Pick that, any of them. Yeah. And you put them with, I don't know, say Yanmark. Just, or, or whoever. Maybe Yanmark's gone, but whatever. They, they make up your second line. With Fox or Dickinson in the middle? No, no. They, they're, they're part of your second line, and whether it's... I'm, there's a scenario where, on paper, you can say, okay, Jamie Ben's my third-line left winger. Just... No, 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 no. Serious, like on paper, they're not playing minutes that way. But you're spreading minutes out equally. Just, just think about it that way. Yeah, I guess my thing is that I still think he's got to be getting second line, if not first line minutes. But well, you're uh, spreading the minutes out. Let me let me ask you this. No, I like yeah. I really like a balance. I don't think Jim Montgomery is a roll four lines whole game kind of guy. Maybe it's because of the roster he has right now, but he's always talked about, well, you want to play your fourth line between 10 and 15 minutes, your third line this. He, he still wants to defer to his top two scoring lines. Here's my question, because I don't think he's like what we saw with Willie Desjardins with L.A. where he, uh, when he was with the Texas Stars, wanted to hit one, two, three, four. Yeah. The Hurricanes are close to that with Rod Brindamore right now. Maybe yeah. it's just the makeup of their team. Are the stars better if you have Ben and Sagan on separate lines? Yes. Like Crosby and Malkin in Pittsburgh. Yes, they are. I think they are. They're a much tougher matchup that yes, way. Yes, I think they are. Okay. Well, episode 60. It's late. I'm tired. <laughs> Got to get up early as usual. But we stay up late for you. Thank you for listening. Sean, any final thoughts before we get to 61 coming up? Yes. Probably, um, are you gonna? Are we gonna do Saturday? We will do. We will be Saturday. Yeah, I'm a little alumni game cause, fun. Cause I'm, yeah, because I'm not flying out till Sunday morning. Yeah, so, so we'll have a, um, an early note. Uh, stars will be wearing white at home on Saturday. Whoa. A throwback to my f- look. I I love Victory Green. Yeah. It looks great. But I grew up, and you did too. Yes. Home team wore white. You got to see all the dark colors from all the other teams instead of every team's white. Yeah. I like that better, yeah. but. Yeah, Carolina will be wearing their reds. Yep, I like their black. They're all black jerseys. Yeah. Those are a solid kit. Yeah, but they so they they traveled with only their reds. They're actually on their mentor's trip or dad's trip. Yep, in Florida today, and then they uh, it'll be uh, it'll be it'll be uh, it'll be a fun Saturday afternoon game. I think would really be funny if the Stars beat the Canes and then did some sort of on ice skit. I don't think they will. No, I don't think they But will, it would but... be really entertaining if they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, everyone, have a uh, wonderful 
I mean, it's Friday if you're listening to this. So have a wonderful. You can't listen on Thursday. It's impossible. Have a wonderful Friday. Yep. See you guys.